so this is what it's like. Welcome to The Good, a new podcast produced by Designworks Group, celebrating people and everything good in this world. Good morning, everyone. We hope you all are having a great morning. It is the morning in the week of August 19th, 2019, the great year of 2019. Woo. Logan and I are sitting in here in the studio. It is Woo. Friday for us because we always come in here and record on Fridays, the Friday before y'all are listening to this. And sit down and try and see what's good in our lives and in the world, in this, in our communities, in the nation, whatever whatever we feel led to talk about. Yep. But yeah, we hope this is a, uh, a good episode for you guys, and we hope you all enjoy this episode. We're going to jump right in. We always start off with talking about what's good in our lives. Um, so what do you got? I got a lot of things. You, got a, you just told me that you didn't write anything down for this I segment. I didn't. I didn't either. To be I'm transparent. Gonna, I'm going to try and come up with something. Like this is probably going to be the same thing I've talked about for the last six weeks. You're, you're in a holding pattern, though. Yeah. You're in a season. Yeah. So that's fair. And I'm kind of in a season as well. So there's a lot of just easy answers for me. Ellie's good. Katie and I are doing good. All that's great. So you're about to get deep today. But I, I've not been good this week. A lot of bad stuff going on around me and other people's lives. And so... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Continue. <laughs> I don't know why that, that caught me off guard. I didn't know what happened. I kind of completely forgot that we had the buzzer. Use, yeah, that we said we were going to use that button. I wasn't but trying no. to be negative. But no, no, you weren't negative because a lot of times, like you start, you have to start out stories <laughs> negative to get to the positive. So that wasn't like an actual. I don't know buzz. why that caught me so off guard. It scared me. I thought for, I was in trouble. Yeah, for some reason, just in the moment, I realized that we actually talked about using the buzz button. Yeah. Well, first but off, I, thanks. I, for, I appreciate you for bringing that back up because that needs to come back out. Um, no. So I've been, I've been having to fight to find joy. And I realized that this morning when I was going around and asking everybody what their wins were and I didn't, I didn't have one for myself. And so, um, I'm happy that today's Friday. I think it's gonna be a fun weekend. We get to celebrate some friends this weekend. There's some big fights this weekend that I'm actually kind of excited about. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm coming over the hurdle of some of this anxiety and, I think it's been a good season for me because I'm having to learn this week. I've had to learn that joy doesn't always come from things around me. I'm going to have to fight to find it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm kind of at today. So I would say like physically and mentally, I'm like a, a seven today. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Though. Very good for me. Emotionally. I'm like a three or four. Oh, but I'll get there. But I'll get there. That's that's, that's two points higher than it's been all week. But you said you're over the hurdle, and you didn't clip the hurdle. You didn't trip over the hurdle. You didn't go through the hurdle. You said you're over the hurdle, coming over the hurdle. So you're you're actually jumping over it. If it was a snapshot, I'm halfway over. I don't know if my back foot's going to clip it or not. Oh, but I'm gonna. We'll, but, we'll see. We'll find out. But if it does clip it and I fall, I'll get up and jump again. Yeah, you'll get up. I'll be fine. What's good in your world, man? Um, so my morning started off pretty good because Jay Burnham sent us some uh pre 
podcast music to listen to to get us pumped up for the podcast. Yes, he did. And I appreciate that. And it was, it reminded me of the greatest purchase I've ever made in my life. One of the greatest purchases I've ever made in my life. And it was a, I was at a thrift store one day. This was in my like super impulse buy days, which I'm trying, year. I'm still trying to get over that. I'm still somewhat of an impulse buyer, but this was one thing I, I like absolutely couldn't pass up. I was at a thrift store looking through their, their vinyls. And I saw this one with like a drawing of Hakeem Olajuwon, one of the greatest centers in NBA history. And the vinyl was titled Akeem the Dream. And I was like, wait a second. Is this like an album that Hakeem Olajuwon put out? So I bought it. I didn't know what it was exactly. I bought it, went home and listened to it. And apparently he was featured in like this one song. I forgot who the actual artist is of the song. But he was featured in a song called Akeem the Dream. If you have not listened to it, go look it up on YouTube right now. It's on YouTube. Um, and it's one of the greatest songs ever. It's like a 90, it's like an 80s, 90s hip hop song. But in the chorus, Hakeem Olajuwon has like a line at the end of every chorus. And you can for sure tell when he comes in. Um, but it's one of the greatest things ever. And Jay sent us that this morning. And I listened to it. And it brought back a, a lot of good memories. <laughs> And it's just a, it's just a great song. Thanks, Jay. It's a great song. One of my one one of my best purchases ever. So I'm I glad, I'm glad I purchased that. Still in the uh, waiting for the old baby to come. So that's exciting. I'm building a uh, a coffee bar right now, and I made a lot of progress on that last night. So good that, for you. That might actually be done before the baby is here. I hope not. Which I wasn't exactly. Uh, I hope not either. Not because of your speed, but because of the baby's speed. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, I wasn't really planning on that being done. That's just one of the things that Emily said um, that she would like to have in the house is a little uh, piece of furniture for the as a coffee bar to put all the coffee stuff on. And I might actually finish it before the baby comes, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. So I made a, prog- a lot of progress on that last night. Um, so yeah, there's there's a there's a, a few good things in the last like twelve hours for me. So I just got this notification on my watch okay. that convicted me. Okay. Uh-oh. Because I'm struggling to find joy and just trying to be honest about that. And then you just listed off a bunch of things that were just kind of everyday things like music and building stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm, I think I'm missing out on this. But this is from the Bible app. I get these notifications. You version? Oh, yeah. This is the verse of the day. Okay which I usually just cancel over from being honest. Yeah. But a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit Sorry. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Proverbs 17:22. Mm. A so, joyful heart is good medicine. And I need some good medicine today. And that's, that's on a, that's some dramatic uh <clears throat> verbiage on the the crushed spirit part. Dries up bones. Yeah. How do bones dry up? A crushed spirit will do that. It will dry up her bones. Yeah, which is a problem. Yeah, that's a problem if her bones are drying up. And then just a joyful heart. Like your perspective is a game changer. So circumstances don't have to dictate it. So yep. thanks for encouraging me today. I wrote my uh, my haiku last night, and it is about my beautiful wife and us waiting for this baby. So 
Let's do it. Let's get into it. Hopefully I hit the right button. Happy hi hi a hi hi a hi coos. All right. I think this is my favorite part of the podcast. Haikus? And it's probably the shortest section of it. Yeah. I don't know why. I didn't bring any good heat today, so I apologize. You didn't? No. I kind of I kind of like mine. It's not going to be last week. Um, my wife told me that my, ha- my haiku last week was her favorite one. So hopefully she enjoys this one too. So here's mine. Waiting for baby. Pineapple, squats, and primrose. My wife, the hero. Waiting for baby. Pineapple, squats, and primrose. My wife, the hero. Let's go. Yeah, we're... I know especially Emily, my wife, is ready to have this baby. I'm, I'm, I'm ready as well because I'm ready to meet him and everything. But these last couple weeks he's gotten so big and that she starts not started feeling well so she's kind of desperate to like do whatever she can to like begin the process and like our last appointment our our doctor mentioned like a lot of people swear by primrose and was it like raspberry leaf tea to like induce labor um so that's where the the primrose part came from um, and then I think yesterday one of her friends texted her and well, they, they met up for lunch because yesterday was the first day of school. Um, and she is not a teacher anymore. So she got to enjoy the first day of school without having to actually go to school for the first time in a while. Good for her. And the, the, her friend that she went to lunch with is, was also somebody that she taught with last year and she has a new job now. So they both met up and went to lunch on the first day of school, which is probably cool for them. But she, her friend told her that she had known two people that had eaten canned pineapple and 12 hours later, they went to labor. So she was just pounding some pineapple, popping some primrose pills <laughs> and bouncing on her exercise ball last night, trying to get this process yeah, underway. Let's get it rolling. She's just ready to do whatever it takes. But yeah, she's been like... I don't think, I think there's a reason, and I know like the biblical reason why women carry children and not men, but beyond that, I don't think, I don't know, I would not be a a good baby carrier. I'd just be whining Uh, all the time. That's probably the, that's probably the main reason. That's probably the main reason. You got it. You're at your mind. I would not be, I'd be a disaster, disaster to be around if I was to have to like carry a baby for nine months. I also would choose. Also, think just selfishly, I would choose a C-section. Yeah, it just seems easier. Because and the women that are able to have it naturally and that choose to want to do that, it's the it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, Good for them, superheroes. Yeah. So, yeah, my haiku is a uh, inspired by her and just how much of a hero she's been in the last nine months. Good for you, and, and beyond that. So, good for you. Yeah. Mine's not good. You're smiling while you say that, so I'm no, no, it's it be good. No, it's not great. Um, but it was inspired when I was laying in bed last night. We have a a modern madman episode that'll come out uh, the the week that this one comes out. Um, no, no, it'll be out today. Or sorry, it, it's already out by the time you're listening to this. Yes. 
Um, I was thinking of the other one. But I was just asking Jared a bunch of deep questions. And I, we started talking about like small talk and how bad small talk is. And I feel like when I started like assessing my life, I realized that my small talk is this haiku. Like when I first meet somebody. And this is why people probably don't like talking to me sometimes. My haiku is, what's your deepest fear? Anyway, nice to meet you. Would you like a drink? What's your deepest fear? Anyway, nice to meet you. Would you like a drink? I'll just be hanging out at a party, just kicking it. Katie leaves me alone for a little while, and then she comes back, and the person's crying, or I'm diving into someone's deepest fear or what's going on in their life. I just love that's how it starts, and then you're like, oh, would you like to have a drink? Yeah. But first, let me know what your deepest fear is. I just yeah. met you. What's your deepest fear? Oh, let's go get a drink, by the way. I just thought about a lot of scenarios of being in like at a bar or a restaurant, and I don't know why it happens, and it's a good thing at times, and probably sometimes it's not, but like you just start hearing people tell stuff, and I just like want to keep diving in. Yeah. I just, I don't know. We were just talking about like the small talk yesterday, of like someone carrying your groceries out. You're just talking about the weather. Yeah. So sometimes it's nice to get into something deep, and then sometimes maybe small talk's better than I think it is. Yeah. And sometimes when you get deep quickly, it leads to you having to get a drink. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to start doing it even more uh, aggressively. Like if I'm with you, someone, you're like, hey, meet my friend, Jeff. I'm like, hey, Jeff, I'm, I'm Logan. I'm like, hey, what's your biggest fear? Like just out the gate. That scares me. I'm, not, I'm never going to introduce people to you again. What's your biggest fear? What are you afraid of? And then just caught in your line, Jeff. Yeah. That's, that's a much better, better than talking about the weather, though. Yeah. But some people probably just need to talk about the weather. There's days that I don't want to talk about anything serious, and I just want to talk about sports. I don't know. I think most people are pretty up to date on the weather. I, I feel like I feel, <laughs> sure. I feel like that's something they check every day. So talking about it, they already know about it. You know what they're not up to date on? What their feelings? That's true. And we're gonna find them. So you're doing them a service. Yeah, just cutting straight to the chase. <laughs> yeah. So you should continue doing that. What's your name again? Jeff. Okay. What's your biggest fear? Yeah, I don't know what his name is, but I know what he's afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 always good when you can know people by their fears and not their actual names. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know you really know somebody. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, oh, that's the dude that's scared of the ocean. Yeah. Maybe my first question should be what makes you happiest and not what your biggest fear is. Um, but, you know, I'm just figuring this thing out. It's all good. It's all good. Man. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the uh, the happiness part. It's, it's just, I feel like this has already been a, a pretty happy episode. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of froggy today. Let's get, let's get even more happy. If you're down and feeling kind of crappy, well, guess what? We'll make you happy. Happy headlines. Yeah. I have one, I'm going to admit, that is not that serious. Okay. There's probably not that much good in it, but I think this dude deserves to be recognized because he has a very very underestimated talent. Okay. And it's a story about a Domino's, the pizza chain Domino's, a Domino's employee who just won a very, very, very special prize. And it's not his, it's not his first time to win this. Multiple time winner of this prize. Um, again, y'all are probably used to this by now. I don't know how to pronounce this dude's name because this happened in Europe. Will you try? I will try Zagros. <laughs> Zagros. Any, first off, anytime your name starts with a Z, 
I'm probably not going to know how to pronounce unless it's like Zach or yeah. Zachary or yeah. Zachariah or something yeah. along the, the Zach line of names. Zelda. Zelda. I would know that one. But if her name starts with a Z and it's not one of those names, I'm probably not going to know how to pronounce it. So forgive me. That's valid. Zagros, if you're listening. Zagros Jaff is a Domino's employee in Europe. It didn't say the like what city or what country he lives in, but he's a Domino's employee in Europe. If you were to guess how fast that he can create like a whole, like from spinning the dough to putting the toppings on and everything, how fast he can create a handcrafted pizza, what would you guess? What? Don't what, go under or else it's going to make my story look super bad. What uh, What pizza? Um, well, I was going to get into that later because it gets into the judge's the, critique. But okay, it's like a, you know it's like, it's like a, um, so it has to have. How many ingredients? How many number of ingredients? It has to have pepperoni, mushrooms, diced cheese, and a serving of, of uh, tomato sauce. Two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes. Okay. Way over. Thank you for going way over. Yeah. Earl Zagros. I was going to guess 47 good. seconds. You're going to guess 40 seconds. That's still over. So Zagros. If I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Zagros can create a handcrafted Domino's pizza with those toppings in 27 seconds, which <laughs> which equates to 133 pizzas in an hour. So you're just knocking out pizza. This dude deserves. Wait, did he do that? Yeah, in the hour. I don't know if he like did that for a straight hour. Yeah, I think there's some cardio coming in. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he needs a water break every now and then when he's just churning out pizzas every. 20, if you're making pizzas seconds. in 27 seconds, you don't need a water break. You're drinking it, you're drinking straight whiskey. If, if salt was an ingredient, it probably he probably doesn't have to like actually like shake salt on there. He's probably just sweating his salt onto the yeah, pizza. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If he's knocking out pizzas in 27 seconds, so he's he's probably that's probably part of why he can do it in 27 27 seconds because he's. Like taking out an ingredient by just like sweating on the pizza. Yeah, which is which fine sounds with me. super disgusting. But I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, it's, salt's basically just. I mean, sweat's just basically salt. It's so a, it's a speedza. It's. I like that one. Dang, I think last week we talked. No, that was modern map, and we talked about the pizzini. Now we're talking about the speedza. Yeah, this, man, this boy's hitting them speedzas. Man, but yeah, he won the title. There's this is an actual contest, and there's an actual title that comes along with this. He won the title. Of Domino's European fastest pizza maker. <laughs> Gosh dang it. Pizza maker. <laughs> pizza maker. <laughs> Let me try that again. He won. He won the. He won the. Gosh dang it. Now I'm locked up. Pizza maker. Pizza maker. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I'm crying. He won the title of Domino's European fastest pizza maker for the third year in a row. Man. So this isn't just like something like he got bit by a spider and also me all of a sudden he has these superhero talents. He's he's been doing this for three years. Is that Phelps? Yeah, he's at he's at Michael Phelps. Um yeah, he de- he defended his title uh at the and this is the event, the Domino's annual annual European fastest pizza maker competition. So there's actual there's an actual competition for this. this. Isn't this isn't like a some like thing that a certain like 
location of a Domino's chain put on for their employees. It's like an actual competition where Domino's employees across the continent come together and test their speed at making pizzas. And he is the three-year champ. Um, no one's got to be close to that either. But no. 27 seconds? No, no, no one's close to that. Nobody's touching that. But he... Um, Does it say what second got? I'm sure no, it doesn't. Not, no. It, it ain't because first off, the story's just about him. Yeah. There's there's no reason to mention the other people in the competition because he just blew them away. Um, but contestants are judged on their ability to make a 13-inch pizza, each topped with 40 slices of pepperoni, 142 grams of mushrooms, 198 grams of diced cheese, and a serving of Domino's signature tomato pizza sauce <laughs> and it like got into like the judging and how strict they are and it said the judges are very strict they're very strict to ensure that all pizzas meet the highest standards if a pepperoni if a single pepperoni slice is in the wrong place or is missing or the fresh dough has not been stretched to the right size contestants are penalized by 15 seconds which is more than half the time that Zagros spent creating the whole pizza. They're penalized by more than 15 seconds per error. So it's not easy to win the title. So this dude's making pizzas in 27 seconds. Yeah. If he makes if he, if he makes any any uh error, he's getting penalized 15 seconds for each error. So he's not making errors and he's still turning these out in 27 seconds. I hope he had one error. <laughs> Can you and still hit and still hit it? Yeah. Oh my! Then, he, then what is that math? He's he's making a pizza with an error in twelve seconds. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That might be more impressive than him making a pizza without errors in twenty-seven seconds. Um, if you were to give out a trophy for this, what would you give out? Probably just a golden pizza chain. Yeah, that's 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 pretty close. The winner of this, Zagros, was rewarded with a solid go, gold cast. And it said, this is a quote, he was rewarded with a solid gold cast of his magical pizza-making hands, inspired by the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I like that. Studio just has a gold cast of his hands, which he has three gold casts of his hands now. Champ, champ, Um, champ. And my favorite thing is a quote from Zagros, which kind of made me feel like this this, uh, story was planted by Domino's because of the end of this quote. But Zagros said... I've been making Domino's pizzas for over 10 years, and to win this title once again makes me really proud. Customers don't always realize the skill that goes into making a Domino's pizza. From hand-stretching the fresh dough and leveling the sauce with my own personal spoodle, spoodle, that's a funny word, by the way. That's a good word. Um, to, to perfectly placing the fresh toppings, it's great to be recognized for doing what I love. And I would encourage anyone who is interested in becoming a pizza maker themselves to pop into their local <laughs> to pop into their local Domino's store and speak to the store manager. <laughs> Good PR, my man. Was this whole story planted by Domino's? I would encourage anyone interested in becoming a pizza maker themselves to pop into their local Domino's store and speak to the store manager. By the way, I just won this, this prize, but you should, if you're interested in making pizzas, yeah. you should, Zagros sent me. You should talk to your Domino's store manager. But yeah, I don't know. 
Dude, he probably, he, this dude just has like an everyday job, but he's dedicated himself to being excellent at it. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, everything, if you feel like you have just a normal job that isn't providing anything, still strive to be excellent at at it. Like Zagros. This dude's just spinning pizzas, churning out pizzas. He's excellent at it, and he enjoys it, and he loves it, and he's being recognized for it. So, Zagros, thanks for making great pizzas in a very short amount of time. Yeah. What a legend. What a legend. What a legend. That was a good story. I appreciated that one. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to get a little bit more serious. Okay. My next one's a little bit more serious, so. And then my one after that's even more serious. Here we We're go. We're going to keep the chain going. Here we go. Um, So, the story is about um, a man named Dan Driscoll. Um, three and a half year old son, Daniel, um, ended up going to the emergency room, um, on July 20th, just a couple weeks ago. Well, a little over a month ago or a little less than a month ago. Um, he had high fever, soreness and irritability. Uh, he's admitted to the hospital staff or he was admitted to the hospital, um, and staffed at all these tests over like it was over days trying to figure out like what's going on. Determined he had a staph infection, um, that caused something I can't even explain or read in his femur, ankle, and foot. We're good at, like, pronouncing words on this on this podcast. Um, yeah, it's... I'm not going to be able to... Osteomyelitis. Osteomyelitis. There it is. I'm um, in his femur, ankle, and foot. Um, so, doctors performed surgery to clear the infection, put him on some long-term ab- antibiotics. Um, he stayed in the hospital for um, an entire week. And so that's not the good part of the story. The cool thing is, as a parent, that's got to be, no matter what it is, to have your three-and-a-half-year-old have to have surgery, to be hospitalized with all of these different symptoms, I think was probably scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says that Driscoll was overwhelmed at the care that the hospital gave to him. And I'm sure if you work at a hospital, if you're a nurse, a doctor, anybody, receptionist at a hospital, you probably deal with a lot of people that aren't happy. It's usually people's worst time. So what Driscoll did is he went and um, he noticed that when he was at like in the room, the baby's room, that there was one billboard that he could see off in the distance. And so when he left, he went and bought, it was a, it's a digital billboard, so they rotate. So he went and bought um, a placement, a slide in that. And the message says, to the entire Brenner Children's 8th floor team, thank you. Baby D and family. That's a picture of it. Cool. I'm also pretty sure that's not a picture of it. I think they photoshopped that picture in there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It doesn't still, look real. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's also, I'm pretty sure that picture is not a digital billboard. Just a side note. Yeah, I was about to say, that does not look digital, but still the the, the sentiment behind it and everything. The picture, is that, that's the right cool. picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he sent that, and he just described like hearing the sun's diagnosis and everything just being absolutely terrifying. And he said, um, the quote was, I'm sure I was more scared during the valleys of those days than during any other time of my adult life. And he, he described the team as a team that just shined. He said, absolutely every person that we interacted with was a beacon of warmth, hope, and professionalism. I'm not quite sure if recognition can exist for an entire organization, but if it can, those people deserve it. And so, I don't know, I thought that I thought multiple layers in this were awesome. Mm-hmm. One... Like just like the homie Z making fast pizzas, these people are excellent at their job, uh-huh. and they have people's lives in their hands. Yep. And I think that nurses and doctors 
quickly get bad raps um, when things don't go well, even though they may not have control. Yeah. Um, and they probably don't get the praise. But I also think it's super cool that, that Dan and, and his family realized, like, when they were leaving, like, they wanted to find a way. Like, how can we thank these people? Yeah. Maybe we send them an edible arrangement, you know? Maybe we write a card. But to, to invest the money right outside where that 814 can actually see that billboard every day, um, I think is has got to be cool. So for all the nurses and doctors, I'm sure that meant the world yeah. that someone that, went that far. That's not, that's a lot of money to spend too. People, it's not cheap. People don't realize that. It's not cheap. That's a lot of money he just dropped to th- to thank them. Yeah, he also dropped a lot of money to help you know his son get better. Yeah, so it's not like I mean, that's a lot of money. He's not, he's not dropping four dollars on a Hallmark card to give to them. No, he's buying a billboard. Yeah, he's he's going big. But yeah, you uh. I guess it was yesterday during our uh, modern Madman podcast. You're talking. You're, you're trying to get to like deep to to the core of who I am, and you're talking about my, like my biggest fears. And I think one of the fears I brought up was um, the fear of not raising our our child correctly. Mm. And part of that, along with that fear, is our child being healthy. And I'm like already kind of like a hypochondriac myself by nature so i'm always googling stuff if i was in that situation i'd just constantly google yeah like googling what's what's wrong with my kid and i wouldn't be like trusting the the doctors and the nurses and whoever's treating him i'd be like no this is what i found on google for sure like this is this is what's wrong with him i've self-diagnosed myself like multiple times through google and i've been wrong every single time so i don't know he, he like trusts the the people that are trained to do it and they they like followed up and just everything worked out so that's cool and then he dropped some money yep to thank them yep there's a picture it's a little zoomed in on him yeah cute that's kid cool. but is. what a hard time I mean yeah. that's got to be hard to go through it yourself but for, as a kid with having a kid that would be yeah. terrifying and so um yeah I would just like really encourage because you can't always go that far above and beyond to thank people. But if you do get the opportunity, I think that um, it's easy to feel underappreciated in your yeah. job. And if someone goes above and beyond, so yeah. shout we, out to the whole eighth floor. And we had the, we had the story, I think it was like our first or second episode of the doctor doing the open heart, sur- open heart surgery on the side of the road on the, the dude who had the, the motorcycle accident. So doctors are, just, I know people always say, they save lives, but they're they're out there saving lives. Yeah, they actually are. Which yeah, it's cool. That's a hard job. I mean, it is. You're you're using all everything you've ever learned to try to f- help fix and solve a problem that and it's you sometimes know, you can't it's, control. It's not always a hundred percent success rate. No. So, no. and also glad that uh, little Daniel's doing good. Yeah. So. Yeah. My uh, next story also has to do with somebody dropping some money. I know, like the main part of that story. I wasn't about the dude uh, dropping money on the billboard, but my next story also has to do with a dude investing some money to uh, to invest in other people's lives. So this happened in Marietta, Georgia, and it's about a school superintendent, and he donated ten thousand his ten thousand dollar bonus to high school seniors applying for college. Um, this dude, I can actually pronounce his name. Thank you for having a somewhat easy name to pronounce. But Grant Rivera, he decided to donate his first ever $10,000 bonus to help students applying to college. 
This is the first ten thousand. This is the first bonus he's ever gotten. It happened to be ten thousand dollars, which sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. Um, and his base salary, just in case y'all are wondering how that like percentage wise is compared to his base salary, his base salary is one hundred and ninety thousand dollars. And a lot of y'all listening to this might say he gets paid a lot for being a superintendent, but um, well, well I'll, I'll, I'll get more into that later. Um, but yeah, he got his first ever bonus, which is $10,000. He used it to give two students who are applying for college. Um, and then got into like some stats about how much just applying for college costs students. And it might not sound like a lot of money, but for some students, in some families, it's a lot of money. But applying to schools um, can be expensive. And it said application fees average about $43. Um, but some can run between $70 and $90. So not like... That's a lot of money, though. Not, yeah. It's not like a whole lot of money like compared to like what you're going to pay for college. But yeah, it can be that can be a lot of money for people... Especially for like living paycheck to paycheck, just grinding. That can and be, you're probably doing a couple. Yeah. So yeah, that that can be a lot of money. Um, but uh, yeah, but again, his base salary is 190 thousand. He gave his 10 thousand dollar bonus, which I was doing, kind of doing the math in my head. Ten ten thousand dollars is like around 5.2 percent of 190 thousand. If you want to go ahead and add the 10 thousand onto his base salary because it's a bonus, it'd be 10 thousand would be about five percent of two hundred thousand dollars so if you if you're making thirty five thousand dollars that'd be around eighteen hundred dollars that you're donating yep i don't know i don't know that's a, that's a lot of money but it's also if, money that he didn't he is that was his yeah that was his but yeah i think people like look at his base salary and like oh he gets paid one hundred ninety thousand. that's that's quite a bit yeah but if you like Percentage-wise, that would be $1,800 if we're making 35000 which is, I don't know if that's like an average of what people, what people make. I just picked a number. and But if you're willing to donate $1,800 of your $35,000 salary, that's still a lot of money that you're donating. So he's, yes. he's like percentage-wise and everything, he's, he's, donate, he's donating a lot of money to help these students apply for college and hopefully get into college. And... um Revere, he said he expects 150 to 200 students in his 500 student senior class to apply for college. And he said that number will probably go higher because um, a lot of people don't even go through the application process because that $43, what could be $70 to $90, um, a lot of people forego paying that because that's a lot of money to some people. So he's expecting a lot more students to apply um to college because now they have the money um and it says it may give them a better chance of being accepted and receiving financial aid packages so a lot of people like college is their goal they want to be like a first gen college student or first gen college graduate yep so like still today um Although college might not be as necessary to get a job, it still like remains to be like some people's goal. They they want to break the cycle, the yep. like family cycle of 
not going to college or not graduating high school. Um, so that remains a goal. And just the fact that this superintendent was willing to donate his first ever $10,000 bonus, I, I, I thought was pretty cool. I thought he deserved to be recognized a little bit. So did that go to all the kids in his ISD? Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. So I've, I think, and sorry if you already said that. So he said he has 500 uh, senior students in his class that can apply for college. So there's there's 500 students. So this $10,000 just spread out across 500 students, which I don't know what that amount comes to per student. Um, that comes to 20 bucks per student, which if it's a $43 application fee, that's almost half the price of their application yeah. fee. So you need to think of some of those kids aren't yeah. applying to college. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Whether they got a scholarship if, if or some aren't, then other students will get will get uh, a, a bigger percentage of that money. And some so. probably didn't need it. Some probably needed more of it. So mm-hmm. but yeah. What's his name again? Grant Revere. First ever uh bonus as a superintendent of this school district and he just gave it away. Good for him. Two students. Good for him. So he's investing um, outside the outside the classroom too. Which my uh, I already mentioned this, this this episode, but this is the first year that my wife is not a teacher, but just previous um school years. I know how much teachers and stuff invest of their own money and their students, and the fact that this superintendent was willing to step up and give a a large sum of money. To their student, to his students himself. Yeah, it's it's kind of huge. Yeah, even though teachers like aren't responsible for paying like application fees, just I'm sure them seeing that he's willing to to give that much money to students. I'm I'm sure that helped out the whole every single teacher in that school district. So, what if one of those kids that caused them to actually apply? Because it was readily yeah. available, and then they got in, and then they're the first gen or whatever. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, he's helping achieve what some some goals. What I'm sure some students have as goals. So I thought I thought that was cool. Yeah, I love that. That's good. Man, my last one. I like this story a lot, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm hopefully I do a decent job telling it. But um, there's a story about a guy named Sergeant Seth Craven. He's 26. And he was having to travel all the way around the world to try to make it to his wife's um, delivery of their baby. She was having a cesarean delivery. And uh, he was in Afghanistan um, where he serves with the West Virginia National Guard. And so he flew from Kuwait to Philly. And when he got to Philly, this is where things get a little dicey. Um, So storms caused some cancellations. So he was forced to stay overnight in a hotel. So they scheduled a flight the next morning. And so they got on the plane Thursday morning and they experienced some maintenance issues. So after about 30 minutes of remaining seat on the plane, everybody had to get off and go back inside. And I'm sure if you're him at this point, you've already been delayed overnight and you're starting to really kind of cut it short. Mm -hmm. So they said that they kept pushing it um, and pushing it. And if they had to cancel um, from the beginning, if they had canceled from the beginning, uh, he would have been able to find a way home somehow. But because of the storms, um, there wasn't any rental vehicles at the airport. And the next flight wasn't until 10 a.m. the next day. So he was going to miss the birth of his child. So he got to Philly because 
They didn't just cancel it outright because they didn't know. <clears throat> and because of all the storms, there's no rental vehicles. He's going to wait till the next day to fly out. He's going to miss the birth of his child. But like all these great stories, the, his story started kind of circulating among all the passengers. People kind of caught wind of it. And so a lady named Charlene Vickers, um, who also was on a deadline as well, um, and she needed to reach Charleston uh, by noon the next day um, and lives in the Philly area. Her vehicle was parked at the airport. So she she just walked over and introduced herself to him and just said, I love this quote, I'm getting to West Virginia tonight, come hell or high water. So are you willing to join this crazy party of ours? And I think he's just sitting there just like probably frustrated and disappointed. He probably felt like he couldn't say no. Yeah, she just boldly walks over there and just hits him with it. And so he didn't even wait to get his suitcase. Like, that, they're just the time crunch. It was just like, so he hops in the car, eight-hour drive with her, um, two of her colleagues, and um, he made it. He got there uh, just past midnight, and his nine-pound, eight-ounce boy Cooper was Damn. born the next morning. That's a big old baby. Yeah, that's a big old baby. Um but it's cool. The, the last part of this, he says, if it wasn't for Charlene, I would have never made it. All she wanted in return was pictures of the baby. So. You're getting kind of teary-eyed. Is that allergies or is No. Well, because I'm, a little, I'm a little teary-eyed. You're, I don't know if it's these <coughs> he lights just glistening off your eyes, but. My eyes are beautiful, man. I was, I was noting about, noticing about like 20 seconds of that story, you're in teary-eyed. I think the thing that gets me in this for some reason, like, and this is not that deep of a story, but I love that she just like, hey, we're getting there no matter what. Yeah. Because it's just easy. Water. I feel like there's a lot of times that you hear stories like that or you hear of someone's situation and your first thought is, man, that sucks for them. Mm-hmm. But she had like a way to fix it. Yeah. And she went out of her way to get him there and he got to see the birth of a child. Shut and up. I can't imagine flying from freaking Kuwait, yeah. serving our country, going through all of that, just being frustrated and then missing the birth of your child. Yeah. Which I, th- I think a lot of people like always uh, like want to help people, but they think too hard about it. Yeah. Like they're like, I don't know how I can help this, this person, but sometimes all well, this is like a simple physical need. Like this dude just needed a ride. Yeah. He had no way to get there. there. Yeah. He just got to wait till the next time. I mean, he literally, all options were gone and she was the option. And yeah. also it'd, it'd be easy to justify and say, it would be weird to get this guy or, you know, like I, I, maybe he'll be uncomfortable. And yeah. so, yeah, he just left his suitcase and just bounced. Just doesn't need his stuff. Yeah, he didn't care. You can get a later maybe. Yeah. But yeah, got to see the his baby born. And uh, here's a picture of him, by the way. The baby or the? Dang. He kind of looks like, I don't know if you know this is, but he kind of looks like Canelo in that picture. He kind of looks like, he. it might be the distance I'm at, but he kind of looks like Mike Trout too. Is a mixture of Mike Trout and, and Canelo. Canelo. Yep, that's cool. But yeah, that's a. Thanks for calling me on the podcast for tearing up. Okay, I was real excited sorry, about it. I think I think it was just like the lighting, and that's like. Sorry, I got negative. I started getting negative towards you. That's my fault. I think it was just the lighting, and that's like all I could see. Like you're, I was originally like just looking at you, reading the story, and then also was your eyes watering up, dude. I don't know why kids' uh, stories get me more. And I just know that birth process, whether it's easy or not, is a beautiful thing to get to be a part of. And if you do miss it, 
sometimes that's part of the gig. Yeah. Unfortunate. But especially, man, somebody who's like literally laying his life down to serve our country, mm-hmm. to get the opportunity to even make it back for the birth of the child. I know a lot of service people don't get to do that. Um, and then to make it back and to be so close. Yeah. I just feel like if that was me, I would have not gotten a ride from anybody because I would have been just throwing a temper tantrum. Everyone's like, he's not getting in a car with me. Yeah. This guy. And so shout out to a random stranger um, being a part of someone's story forever now. Yeah. That's that's two, uh, two like flight stories in a row for you. I know. Sorry. Back to back. I got uh, a theme, man. No, that's, that's good. I got a theme. I feel like. Hospitals and flights. I feel like we're starting to build themes on this podcast now. Like we have some. I'm only, I only tell news now from airlines. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I tell. That's going to be, that might be hard to keep up with yeah i'm out i ran out already trust me just googling good news airline yeah good news flight what happened this week in airlines what happened in the aviation industry this week again probably another tough job yeah for sure all right we we, i I do have a little uh update about the the next segment um so let's uh let's get to it So this segment, we're going to start morphing a little bit. Logan and I sat down and we were kind of talking about it. And we both felt like what we have been doing isn't like originally what we planned on doing. We felt like we were both just coming with what were inspiring good news stories and just focusing on the bad of it. And then like... The whole story was basically good, but we were like picking out the bad side of it yep. and highlighting that and then using the good part, which was the majority of the story as the finding the good and the bad. What this segment originally was planned to be was fi- was using like pretty popular top headline stories that were bad and trying to find the good in those. We kind of got away from that, so we're going to take some time and try and get back to that or completely um, transition the segment into something else. But I am going to talk about a personal, for goodness sake, in my life. Um, And this happened yesterday. Well, I guess it started, I don't know how many months ago, six or seven, six, seven, eight months ago culminated yesterday i guess it didn't culminate but uh, a lot of the story happened yesterday but um my dad he was diagnosed with als and so i guess the the origin of the story started like three years ago he was diagnosed with als um in july of 2016 uh, my wife emily and i found out the day that we got back from our honeymoon and just since like since that day it was it was a pretty uh tough two two and a half years just seeing watching his his body degrade in him not having any control of it and he ended up dying this past december 2018 um, but yesterday was his birthday august 15th would have been his 60th birthday. So 
every single like miles milestone, whether it's like a small holiday or birthday or anniversary is a little bit different for us this year it being like the first year without him. So this is our, his first birthday that he wasn't here for. So we, uh, decided, um, Emily, my brother, Justin, my mom and I decided to celebrate a little bit with going to his favorite fast food restaurant, which happens to be a, I'm not going to say the name just in case there's any type of weird, like, I don't know, but we went to a, one of his favorite fast food restaurants, which happens to be a, uh, a chicken place in town mm-hmm. that has great sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went there and just, just had a dinner, just, just simple, just a simple thing. We had dinner, kind of talked about our memories of him and everything. And I don't know, just the, that mixed with us about to have a baby and our baby having part of his DNA. And it, I don't know, just the beauty of the circle of life. It's it's kind of a beautiful thing. The circle of life. Emily and I just uh, watched the new Lion King um, last weekend. So that's kind of on my mind right now, um, which which was great. I know it got mixed reviews, but the new Lion King is pretty great. It's basically, it's basically the exact same scenes as the original Lion King. Just better. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily necessarily better, but I'm glad they like kept all the same scenes and didn't try to change it too much. Okay, that's fair. So I think I think that's what it made made it good to me. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of realizing that last night after we got home, just we're about to bring a baby into this world. Um, he's gonna share some DNA with my dad who passed away in December, and we gotta celebrate him even though he's not here anymore so it's just a beautiful thing and like death isn't the end of stories it's not the end of like lineages it's some i guess sometimes it can be but a lot a lot of times it's not like the end of lineages and you can uh, maintain legacies through um just the way you live and um even through more like a more physical thing through like bloodlines and everything so just the circle of life and how life plays out is is kind of a beautiful thing. And um, I don't know if you just like sit down and just self reflect a little bit. It, like I don't know, it's life. Life is a beautiful thing. A lot of stuff has yep. to be orchestrated for you to be in the position you are. And you might be sit- sitting there listening and being like, I don't, I don't enjoy the position I'm in. But there's still like a lot of orchestration and a lot of stuff that has gone into getting you where you are. And there's probably going to be a lot of orchestration to get you out of where you are. If you don't enjoy where you're at right now. Yeah. So I don't know life and just the delicacy of life and how valuable life is. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I think a lot of, a lot of people, myself included, wake up every, every single day and take it for granted. Yeah. But I think it's just waking up every day is something to be celebrated. And I think we shouldn't take that that gift lightly. Yeah. And like if we value life and like realize how crazy 
life is. And I'm like, especially realizing that now, like everything that goes into like the nine months of pregnancy and Mm -hmm. just a woman's body ability to like nurture a baby and feed them while they're inside the womb and everything. Like a lot of stuff has to go right. Yep. For you even to be born. And I think we, a lot of times we don't like wake up and realize how much of a gift that is. So, um, that's, I found a lot of good. And last night, even though we were celebrating the first birthday of my dad not being here, it was, I don't know, it was a, it was a good time and it put things into perspective that life is valuable. We have a limited amount of time and hopefully we're spending that time hopefully building up the lives of other people. Yeah. So, and I, I think, I think my dad did that well. Very well. He especially invested in the life of his kids and his wife and his um, surrounding family and other people. Like he, a lot of other people. He he was a teacher for like the longest time. And I I think a lot of people, when I introduce myself to them and I tell them my last name is Van, they automatically ask me a question about my dad. Is your dad the, the hot topics teacher? Yeah. Like, yep, that was him. Um, so he, he, uh, I think he grasped the, the, the fact that life is valuable and like nobody should be written off. Like everybody like should have a chance to have a celebratory story and have a, have a story that, um, impacts other people's lives. And I think, I think you realize that and being able to celebrate his first birthday not being here was, it was kind of a, a beautiful thing. And yeah, just the, the circle of life and Lion King and yeah, all that jazz. Yeah. You know, Matata, Kimono Pumba, Simba, all, all the people, things, all the things. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate sometimes that it does take a major event or death for some people to realize, you know, I think that wakes a lot of people up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I think that like you were talking about earlier about like the lineage and stuff. I think that people live on through their investment in people and like the stories and um, yeah, I think everybody has an opportunity to change people's lives and it take and sometimes that you don't realize the impact other people have had on you or even the impact you can have on other people until years down the road, mm-hmm. you know, people will say stuff and yeah, I was blessed to get to grow up around a lot of men that showed me what it looked like to be a man. And a lot of people don't get that, mm-hmm. you know, and <clears throat> I think your dad personified that, mm-hmm. you know, if he, he invested in one was an amazing family, man, loved his family first, but also really did a great job of loving people. I mean, he's a great coach and he told me, he would tell me if I was an idiot, if I was an idiot, you know, and he always wanted me to be better. Um, and so one of like, for sure, a father figure in my life. And so. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that the the journey's beautiful. It's I mean, obviously not probably ideal timing for you, you know, on a lot of things, but I think it's been beautiful to see how y'all as a family have been just like it it doesn't end here. Yeah. You know, the journey continues not only for us, but like he's home, you know. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think uh I think it's cool that Walker's gonna get to be a part of that that yeah. story and share a middle name, you know, and I don't know, man. I think that uh, it, I kind of had that somewhat, not I don't think as, as deep of a level, but holding Ellie in the room with Katie's grandpa, like as, as he he was passed away, and just like this moment of like, 
Life's quick. Yeah. It's super quick, man. And there's a lot of small moments throughout all of time, but those moments are very important. Mm -hmm. And I think your dad was a very present man. Yeah. And so, and I think that's a reflection of how y'all's family is. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's super easy to pass up those moments. Yeah. And what makes life so special, not for like you, but for people around you is to realize those moments, be present in them and like take advantage of those, like even the smallest moments to be there for people. Yeah. And I think that's how like your legacy lives on. Yeah. Like it's putting in the effort might seem like a super small moment, but just being present for the smallest moment, investing in the smallest moment can change multiple lives. Yeah. So, it's sometimes I think sometimes we we overthink things and we're like, all right, what's something like super grand I can do to change this person's life? Yeah, but yeah. A lot of times it's just like being there. Yeah. So it's easy to miss that. I'm guilty of that. Of like, I always have that feeling of like I could have done more. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I just you gotta. We don't make very good Jesuses. Yeah. And so, but we can be a reflection of what I think love's supposed to be. And so, and I think your parents personify that yeah so i'd agree with that <clears throat> your dad was a, a amazing uh pitcher yep he also he, he threw a no hitter versus us in in five pitch he did and i'm not holding on to this but he did peg me one time he did he did he was pitch he was keeping his own pitching stats he was during five pitch yep yeah i think he had like a like a 0.7 era <laughs> had, had like three shutouts complete game shutouts yeah he didn't realize um, that like we were trying to win. Yeah, never walked a batter. He may be the most winningest coach in Wichita Falls County, uh, base YMC baseball. Probably for sure. His strikeouts per nine innings were were off the roof. Yeah, Andy had again <clears throat> multiple no hitters, yeah. mul- multiple perfect games. Yeah, so one of the best pitchers this yeah. year has ever seen. Oh, for sure. And he he was proud of it. Yeah. I was I went home crying because I didn't get a hit and he was celebrating. He was dumping Gatorade on himself. <laughs> celebrating. If we didn't win a game this year. He's like, What do you mean? I won every game yeah. this year. There's always something to celebrate. I'm yeah. celebrating myself tonight. I ruined a perfect game one time because he he uh, ear holed me. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes you just had to get up there and bunt to ruin the perfect game. Yeah. You just had to get do that that drag bunt. Someone's gotta get on get base that here. get that bunt single to to ruin the perfect game. Find the worst kid on the field and bunt it to him and just yep. try to get on. Yep. Try to bloop one to right field. Yeah. You know, he's not making the catch. Ninth batter. Yep. He was at being the cutoff man and firing at home. Yep. Sometimes you got to do whatever it takes to break up the no hitter. Yeah. In five, even in five pitch. Didn't you hit him one time? Hit a ball back at him? I, mean, I remember that. It's like in my brain for some reason. He, he probably snagged it and then taunted me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you thought you were going to hit. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You're out. And still grounded you. Yeah. He, he like accidentally bobbled it and dropped the ball and then ran a first base. <laughs> To get me out, three tag, tagged you like a real hard tag. Yeah, in the face. Yeah, yeah. You're out. He was also the umpire. Yeah, <laughs> he was the pitcher and the umpire. So it's a little bit easier to <sighs> throw a perfect game when you're also the umpire. Yeah, I was clearly outside. Like it's still ringing. Yeah. So he threw he threw a, a mean knuckleball, just dropping some curves on us, some buckling, just buckling some uh, eight year old knees. Yeah. So the other kid, the other team was still hitting off the tee. Yeah. He's just like, no, 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 we're using the tee. Yeah, he he's like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play a 
we're going to play up this year. We're going to play up like a grade level rules, rules wise. Other kids might be hitting off the tees, but I think y'all need to get prepared for, for seeing live pitching. So I'm going to pitch y'all this, this year. He also gave the greatest speeches. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we had this, there's this bat. This was in high school, actually. There was a bat and it was the, it was a warrior bat. I'm sure if you played high school baseball, you, you might've used this bat at some point, but just in the middle of one of his like post game speeches, he like picked up this bat and like talked about being a warrior. And he like always had props for like everything. He always had props. And if he didn't prepare props, he would find a prop in the moment. He's like a, like a stand up prop finder. <laughs> you just in improv prop finder. You just find props. It could have been the dirt. Could have yeah. been the grass. He was going to find a prop. And he always tie it back in. And he'd tie it back in. He always was so good at like coming in and like not being soft with you. Yeah. Like this is how it's going to be. And if you're going to be soft, you're not going to play. But then always he would, he would, he'd call you out, but it always ended so well. Yeah. It was yeah. the best. And it, it I mean, best. he was also, I mean, because he just got done throwing a perfect game. He was trying to make us feel better. He's also one of the most valuable tops baseball cards ever. If you have a, a uh, tops ba- uh, Don Van Tops baseball card, and if you happen to have the signature on it, what's that going for? It's going for a lot. I have to look it up on my my Beckett again, but it's going for it's going for quite a bit. It's a rare find. If it's in mint condition with the autograph on it, you're set for life. That's your that's your that's your child's college fund. Oh, paid, oh like for completely sure, completely paid for. Yeah, just that card. Easy, easy. Yeah. Anyways, I, I had a dream the other day. By the way, before uh, maybe I shouldn't say this on air, but I'm going to. Um, before we played home run derby, but I had a dream that we started a um, a Don Dinger Derby every year. Oh my gosh! And raise money for ALS. That oh my gosh! I really did. Like I had that dream. I didn't want to bring it up to you. I don't know why. I get soft, but um, that might be a great idea. I think we should do like an annual one. People just pay whatever music. People can just find a field and hit dingers and just raise money for ALS. The Don Dinger Derby. We can bring in like celebrities, local celebrities, people like that. They can hit. They're going to be like a best bat flip competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People get walk-up music. Maybe we, maybe we can get Ryan Brazier to come in and throw uh, to pitch. Because uh, he'd be out there throwing perfect games too. Yeah, that's a good point. He's he's not that he's not that uh, that batting practice pitcher. He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke you. I'm going to throw some high inside heat. Back you off the plate, and then drop a curveball in there. Yeah, and buckle you, and then celebrate in front of your face, pitcher. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll get someone else to do it. Yeah, but I think you should. I think you should think about that, man. I, I think it's a great idea. I think that'd be kind of cool. What should you think about that? But but the my only my only th- my only thing is I'd like to play on a field that's a hundred feet. Oh yeah, for sure. There's there's nothing more than being a grown man and hitting dingers with a metal bat on a. 100 to 200 foot field because when you hit it it doesn't matter as long as it goes over the fence yeah feels good it doesn't matter how long the fence is it still feels good sometimes you sometimes even though it's a home run derby you still have to bat flip and jog around the bases yes so it's always fun i think that's a great idea yeah but anyways thank you all for listening we're thanks, gonna, for, thanks we're, for sharing that man i know that was hard yeah. thank you for doing yeah that. we're gonna we're gonna close this podcast out um y'all have a great week thank you again thank you for listening um, we're working on getting some social media profile set up for this. We'll, we'll um, share some of our stories so you can read them yourselves and some some other content along with that. Um, so be on the lookout for that. We'll update y'all when they go live and everything. 
But yeah, have a great week. We thank y'all for listening. And as always, be on the lookout for the good.